Hi, welcome to Igniting Ecstasy in Business. I'm your host and master coach, Alex Persclub, and I'm going to be diving into what it takes to create more success and abundance in your business while living with more joy, excitement, and passion on the journey. This is not your typical business podcast. This is a judgment-free space where we're willing to put all the growth topics on the table, and we're not afraid to address the uncomfortable or to share raw behind-the-scenes stories to support your expansion. So tune in for inspiration, strategies, reflection questions, and interviews with world-class guests to help you elevate your business, unleash the power of your full expression, and to infuse more ecstasy into your day-to-day life. Because you deserve to live a life that lights you up inside. And there's no better time to start than right now. Welcome, everybody. In today's episode of Igniting Ecstasy in Business, I have a guest who is so near and dear to my heart. We have Molly Lowe with us today, and Molly is a longtime client and has become a very dear friend and a woman who truly inspires me with her courage, with her consistency, her commitment, her dedication, and her heart to really empower other women and to shine her light brightly uh, to inspire others. So Molly, welcome to the podcast today. I am so excited to have you here and for us to really dive behind the scenes of your own journey of accelerating your business growth and creating amazing outcomes, new results, and also really stepping into owning your power and your authentic self. I can't wait to get into all of that. But before we do, let me pause here and ask you to introduce yourself to our listeners and let them know a little bit about who you are. Awesome. Thank you, Alex. Hello, everyone. Yes, My name is Molly Lowe, and I am a business coach for career coaches. Now, some fun facts, I'm sure, because look, you all can just hop on my LinkedIn. You can do all of the social media stuff and find all the things about me being a business coach for career coaches. But I figured, you know what? Let me tell you a little bit more fun things for you. So Mm, um, in my free time, yeah, like fun tips, right? I'm huge. I'm an avid historical fiction reader, love anything biblical and or Egyptian historical fictions, my fave. And um, I too am a shoeaholic. I have a hundred pairs and counting. Okay. I love me a good pair of red bottoms. I have splurged a couple times. Let's just say that on some designer shoes. And that I, I think is a really strong foundation to um, my journey of partnering and collaborating with Alex, who has helped me to really own my worth and my value and who I am as a person and to go and buy those red bottom shoes. (laughs) Good for you, Molly. Yes, I celebrate every time you own the truth about how much you love your shoes and that you have allowed yourself to own that part of you and say, yeah, I'm going to treat myself in ways that feel good. Absolutely. Yeah. So great Beautiful. to be here. I love how you just started with fun facts. That's such a more intimate way to get to know someone over just reading the bio. So if you don't mind, I'm going to steal that from you or borrow that from you in my next podcast interviews, because that was such a great way to introduce yourself. By all means, of course. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Molly. So what I would love for our listeners to really get to know today is a little bit of a behind the scenes journey of your story because you have had this incredible growth in your business, in your beingness, in your spirituality, um, in your intimacy, in your relationships, you really have just transformed a lot of different areas of your life. And I would love for people to get a deeper insight into what that looks like, what that takes. And hopefully we can give them some strategies and tips and things that they can take home for really increasing their own abundance in their life and business while also experiencing more joy and fulfillment along the way, because that's what we're all about here at Igniting Ecstasy in Business. So let's go ahead and start with your business journey. You and I met, we were just talking before this episode, almost three years ago, back when I was pregnant with my daughter, and you have had quite a transformation since then. So why don't you share a little bit about where you were then and what happened to get you to where you are today? Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. So are, are we ready y'all? Are we ready for the ride? Are we, it's a wild one. 
but a beautiful one. And, and to be honest, I mean, one in which I think every journey, everyone has their own journey and mine has its ups and downs, its U-turns, its 360 circles and everything else and the other involved in it. So when I came across and actually started to um, know of this work and to understand all of the amazing things that Alex, um, you're all about, right? The ecstasy piece of it. I was at a point in my career where I uh, paid my dues in corporate HR, climbed the ranks, got to the tip top top, uh, thought it was going to be a lot more glamorous than that was, and it, it wasn't anything like that. I, at one point, it was Valentine's Day, and my husband and my children were so doting. They, they love me. They actually always do, uh, as a tradition, chocolate-covered strawberries for me for Valentine's Day. They actually love me more on Valentine's Day than on Mother's Day, which I can appreciate. I love that. And so I got to a point where I was just like, wow, my husband and my kids love me so much. But there was this missing self-love component. Where in my life, where in my beingness do I actually exude self-love? And self-love can mean a lot of different things for people. But for me, self-love also meant happiness and fulfillment. And I went in my office, sat down in my chair, and literally just gave myself a couple minutes of just silence. And the first thing that I asked myself was, if you really did love yourself, what would be different? Instantly, in half a second, it was, you would not be in this corporate job you would be pursuing your coaching business and you would be doing everything that you need to be doing to grow this and to become the version of you that you wanted to be and and so that that year valentine's day fall on a sunday i had my one one meeting with my boss two days later i put in my my resignation and i remember telling alex because i i was i was partnering with you at that point and you and i think there was almost this when i had told you you're like whoa yeah like i'm super excited but i think it was also this moment of like well that was fast that was quick it was fast because when you joined the group program i was running at the time and we had just met the week before you joined my group you came in through a master class i was running and i remember you saying my goal is to be full-time and then the next week you're like well i did it my i turned in my you know um my resignation letter and I'm ready to go. And it was like, wow, okay, Molly is serious. <laughs> she is serious. Yeah. And I think it's what, you know, in hindsight, looking back, it, it was a compilation of decisions that I had made to just stand in what I wanted for me. Right. And so it was that moment of truth, honestly, for me of like, what, what do you really, really want? What does that look like for you to have that thing? And, and having like minded thought provoking women as a community and also leaders and mentors like Alex, like you to help me to see that, yeah, you don't need my permission, but in case you do, it's okay for you to do this for you. And to start taking those decisions and start making and taking action, right? Um, which also leads to the other part of my journey, which is Alex would always say to me, like you would always say, Oh, align, take aligned action. And at one point I'm like, what does that even mean? <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> what do you what do you mean by that? All I know is doing, right? Because in corporate, for me, my journey was just like well, people delegate things to you. Like, and then you also delegate to, to other people. And so you're you're constantly being told, for the most part, right? What, what you should be doing, who you need to be, how to show up, how to do all these things. And so when I started this entrepreneurial journey, I needed someone to just, I had expected almost this very um, unrealistic expectation that Alex was just gonna tell me everything I needed to do. And every time you would come back and you would say, okay, but, is it aligned? Are you going to take up like, what does that mean? And eventually I understood what you meant by that. And it was, okay, yes, there's going to be some things that you're going to do that's going to be really uncomfortable. And learning how to decipher, right, 
um, taking those aligned actions in which you're like, I'm really excited and I can be scared and excited at the same time. That's still a good thing to be scared and excited, right? And it's okay to be scared. <laughs> no one's ever told me this. No one ever told me that it was okay to be afraid. Uh, and, and also to understand that, again, this is, a, this is a, an Alex thing. You used to always remind me, you don't, have to, you don't have to believe everything you think, right? Like everything that's in your thought. And it was that constant reminder of, okay, I'm scared, but am I using or allowing or empowering the sense of fear to stop me from taking action that I know I want to, to get me more growth? And so there's just so much that's enlaced in this. And I think the, the beauty of what you stand for and the things that you share every day, Alex, on, on just igniting ecstasy and, and having that sense of passion and drive really was what that meant. Like you were telling me at the very beginning of my journey of taking a line action meant, does it ignite ecstasy for you to think about doing said thing? And it took me a while to get there, but here we are. We're here. Here we are for sure. And the theme I heard in what you were just saying, Molly, was really standing in the truth of what you actually wanted and sometimes that did involve having to move through discomfort, having to be in the messy middle of things, having to do things scared or doing things that were out of the comfort zone. But overall, overall looking at, do I actually want this thing? Do I want this outcome? What would I do? How would I move forward? What would I prioritize if I were honoring my true desires and Absolutely. what I really want? And I know that was so powerful for you and your journey and, and something you and I had, had looked at a lot was people pleasing or approval seeking, right? Putting yourself out there in a way of trying to make everyone like you or think you're nice or, or agree with you and not wanting to rock the boat. That was something that had come up, right? Which comes up for so many women entrepreneurs because so many of us are conditioned uh, to be people pleasers. And so I would love to know if you're open to sharing a little more about your cultural upbringing and the way you were influenced and kind of how that, that played a role in the discomfort of owning your true desires and using your authentic voice to put yourself out there. Cause I think there's a lot of women that can relate to this, you know, how we're influenced by family or society, you know, our communities. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. For you, absolutely. You. Yes, absolutely. Happy to share. So I am Hmong American, first generation born American, first generation entrepreneur, lots of firsts here. Okay. Now in my culture, we are a very paternalistic culture. And then on top of that, let's not forget too, born and raised Christian. So mm -hmm. there is this huge faith component, uh, spirituality component of my upbringing. And when you think about culture and you think about um, essentially the belief systems that were embedded and given to you at a very young age, I was told, okay, because you're a daughter, we are going to essentially already treat you as if you're not a part of this family because you're going to marry off and become somebody else's family. Mm -hmm. And so my dad being a very traditional paternalistic Hmong man um, doesn't do well with showing his emotions or showing his love. He's, he's, he's that kind of father that um, loves me through lecturing me. There's a saying in our culture that says that if your elders don't lecture you, they don't love you. And so that's just, yeah, that's, that's kind of the, the norm in, in which I grew up. And um, my mom's job was to hand me the skills to be a doting mother and wife. And at a very young age, I, I remember there's a picture that my dad took of me. I was on a step stool, um, washing dishes and making rice. And I think I was probably six or seven years old at that point. And so, um, if it, as you can tell, there's 
a lot of the gender and cultural components of this that expected me to be very um, submissive and to censor what I what I say. I my voice was very limited. I my all of my family have always told me your voice is too loud. You're you you're you have a very hearty, very you know um, loud, bold laugh, and they don't want that. Your future in laws don't want that. Your husband doesn't want that. You need to be gentle and and calm and uh, and just soft spoken. And I was listen, y'all. <laughs> I, I am. You can tell. I'm nothing like that. <laughs> There's that laugh. I love it. It is. It's yeah. bold and it's beautiful. <laughs> That's not me. I'm sorry, but not sorry. You know what I mean? And at that point, it was just me putting all of these masks on to become who my culture thought or expected me to become. And so it was almost as if this this life was already paved for me. And, um, you know, of course, the stereotypical where, yep, we're going to go there. Stereotypical Asian American expectations of acad academic excellence was there. So it was, you know, doing good in school and, and I, I did all the right things. Okay, so like fast forward, I did, I did all the right things. I, I went on, I went to college, um, full ride scholarship, the whole thing, you know, and uh, I just did not feel fulfilled. And so there was this moment of uh, being and realizing and without making it wrong, you know, Alex, you did a beautiful job guiding me through this when we worked together, collaborated where you just said, it's okay. There's no malintent. And it was acknowledging that I had the choice to either continue to put myself in these boxes that was created for me or for me to blow those boxes up into smithereens and <laughs> decide that I'm going to build my own box. And so absolutely, there's this uh, re, what's the right word of, it's almost like it's, it's evolution, this, this rebirth, yeah, of who do I want to be pre this new ideology that came about, you know, and so absolutely. And, and I think the other piece I'll share culturally too, is that I, I married another Hmong man. So I love my husband to pieces and I'm forever grateful for him. There's moments in which he's still very much because again, of his upbringing and our culture where he, um, yep. Is he a man who likes to come home with a hot meal? Absolutely. <laughs> he loves when I make really good, authentic food. And authentic Hmong food takes time to make, y'all. This is not like a pop it in the microwave or, you know, throw something frozen into the oven. It, this is, you know, from scratch. So, yes, he has those components, but I'm so grateful, forever grateful for that man. Um, he helped me to, to still honor the components of my culture and gender identity that my family have given to me and and allowing for me to grow and evolve in the pieces of yeah i think i want to continue doing this i i like this part of it and nope i'm going to challenge this and i'm going to change this part of it and so um the ability to find my voice to step into that birthright of evolution and rebirthing 100 percent was reflected in my business and how I showed up. And that's the reason why my business is just so near and dear to me because I was able to find my voice. I was able to be me and, you know, just be loud. <laughs> be loud and communicate what you stand for, right? And what yeah. you believe. And that's something I love, Molly. You, you do take a stance on your social media and your marketing, your messaging. You stand for 
women being empowered, for women pursuing their passions, for women owning their value. You know, you you spent two years career coaching before shifting into being a business coach now for other coaches. And as you were building the career coaching, I just loved as you would put it out there about women, you know, owning the salary and having powerful or empowered salary negotiation conversations and pursuing the career that they want and owning their potential and seeing their greatness. And I think too, that because of your background, it, while it had its challenges to sort through, and there's always discomfort and sadness that comes with releasing belief systems that we've been raised in or that our families believe in, or, you know, that, that we're shedding, there's always discomfort that comes with that. But the positive side of it, the light side of it was that it also gave you this clarity around what you stand for and what matters to you. And as I saw you putting that out there and, and owning your authentic self, that to me is when this significant shift happened where you started receiving a lot more in your business and you started bringing in more aligned clients and your revenue made this huge jump. And for our listeners, I want to say, as I'm talking about Molly's quantum leap journey, quantum leaps can refer to multiple different kinds of shifts. They can be personal or in relationships, and they can also be financial or in business. And so Molly's had multiple quantum leaps. And for this one, I mean, your business grew from a side hustle that was making a couple hundred dollars into an over six figure business in under two years. And that's the kind of quantum leap that you had that is so significant and, and amazing. And what I saw around that shift was when you stepped into owning your voice is when so much else fell into place. Absolutely. And this tied back to even what you had mentioned, you mentioned, you know, my, I had this deep rooted fear of not being liked and, you know, having to be seen as, oh, I'm for everybody. <laughs> Everyone should like me, everyone. I'm everybody's cup of tea, right? And today, if you ask me, I'm going to tell you, I am not everyone's cup of tea. I'm actually a shot of tequila, y'all. And so <laughs> what a great and, description. Right. Yes. And um, the reason why is because, ooh, I am going to go down smooth. I'm going to pack a punch, y'all. And I'm going to I'm going to help you to get loose and you're going to know yourself real fast. and You're going to be dancing and singing with me alive in half a half a minute. Guarantee. So if you are if you are a shot of tequila, and you like that, that is me, you know, and it took me time to go from, oh, no, I want to be everybody's cup of tea to, oh, no, babe, I'm a shot of tequila. Am I your choice of drink or not? <laughs> I celebrate that so much, Molly. I personally, I think am a cup of, uh, or a shot of whiskey. So I, I relate mm. to you a little bit. I'm not tea, but, um, and not tequila, but yeah, whis whiskey is my jam. Um, I love that so much. Tequila fits you. <laughs> it Doesn't really it? does. It's that, know. that perfect little bit of sass. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Imported. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, oh, that's wonderful, Molly. So I, I would love to, well, I want to come back to talking a little bit more about how you shifted in your beingness, because to me, that's the most juicy and potent place for making quantum leaps. And I do want to take a, a little bit of a detour here to talk about also some of the things that you shifted in terms of your doing in order to accelerate your abundance and growth in business. People ask this all the time, and I know you and I had our own journey of going through, you know, but, but tell me all the things to do. And of course the how and the doing has its place. There's definitely things. I mean, you took a ton of new action and aligned action and some misaligned, and then you learn from it and correct it. And, and so all of those pieces are so important. It's not just about shifting how you see yourself. It's about shifting how you see yourself and how you're showing up and how you're thinking and how you're believing in yourself and who you're being to then make your action and you're doing more powerful, more aligned in order to create greater outcomes. So I know our listeners would just love to hear a little bit more on the uh, doing side and the shifts you made in your strategy and sales was really big, you know, for, for you. So can you share, let me ask it this way. What would you say were the top three things that you did in order to really grow your business significantly? At the top of my head, that the three things, number one, 
honestly, I know it sounds so simple, but it's always easier said than done, is asking for help. And that is somebody who literally has just one or two steps in front of you who's like, oh yeah, here, let me just give you this golden nugget and let me help you to understand that. And I love the way that we kind of talk a little bit about the, the chronological evolution for me, because let me tell you, I was doing this and I was doing this. I, I, I did the whole thing of like, do it, do it by myself because I can figure this out. I'm going to do this by myself. And then as soon as I started partnering and collaborating with Alex, that was when I was like, oh, yeah, I get it now. Asking for help is a sign of strength. It is something that I did. I surrendered to my coaches and my mentors to guide me. That's That was number one, 100% what I did that has helped me significantly. Number two, it's it would be naive for me to say that sales and learning how to sell from a place of service and empathy wasn't in my growth strategy. That's right. Like so naive. Oh, totally. to, yeah. And let me tell you, though, it was not just learning how to sell in a way that was aligned with me and my style, but that money mindset really honing in and understanding more of of those deep rooted money values that was given to me and instilled in me and then reforming those okay so um again number one ask for help number two sales and understanding your money mindset and and doing that and then i think number three is really the part of and i hear this in your voice all the time alex what you resist is where you need to go. <laughs> mm. And every time I'm feeling stuck or, or if I plateau or if I'm not getting the results that I need, I look back to, okay, where, where have, what have I been resisting? I know I should do that or encourage, right? Cause I know where, Shooting is not something that Alex is a, a, a supporter of, but there's moments where I do know that there's things that I, I'm resisting. And I'll give you a specific example. When I started working with Alex, I told her I was just really resistive of LinkedIn. I was like, I've been on LinkedIn. I just don't, uh, I, I tried the Facebook group stuff. I did all of that stuff and it just wasn't, it just wasn't yielding. And I got to a point where I remember saying to you, Alex, I said, I feel like I need to go down the LinkedIn road. I haven't done that yet. And that fast forward to today, 95% of my clients, my leads come through LinkedIn. And that was a place of resistance for me. And it was just because I had my own assumptions that I, I had made these negative assumptions of like, oh, there's so many other career coaches already on there. Who am I to be another one in already a, a really jam-packed little pond of career coaches, right? Um, and so that's what I would say is, is the doing piece of it. And I know it sounds like not so step simple here, but ask for help, okay? Understand sales and your money mindset and really understanding what that is. And then what are you resisting? Because what you're resisting is probably where you might want to explore. <laughs> yes. I am forgetting in this moment. I just actually said this quote yesterday. And in this moment, I'm forgetting the author of this quote. But as you said that, I thought the obstacle is the way. Ooh. So whatever is blocking you or, or challenging you, exploring where you're uncomfortable in overcoming that challenge, that's highlighting the path to the growth. And a mentor used to say this to me, and now I, I pass it on and say it to my clients, and I continue to say it to myself, so that whenever we're willing to go through the areas of the greatest discomfort, that's when we experience the greatest growth. And I think that's exactly what you're talking about. Absolutely. And if you really think about the three things I just shared, it's all things that I was uncomfortable with doing. <laughs> all of it. It was, yeah, 100%, not wanting to ask for help because I needed to figure this out by myself 
right? Uh, not being able to address my money mindset and what that meant in my relationship with money and, and not having to feel like I was salesy on my sales. And, and then of course, resisting all the things that I know I wanted to do, but I was afraid for whatever reason in doing, right? So yeah, short and sweet of it. Yeah. Yeah. Let me go deeper here for a moment, Molly, because I think what you said is really important. And I do believe there is a distinction here because saying that the obstacle is the way or going into the places where you're resisting is the path. Sometimes this can get confused with taking misaligned action or trying to force yourself to do something that isn't actually aligned with you or something that is actually on the pathway towards your purpose So I want to hear your perspective on this. And I believe it's important for the audience to explore as well. What do you see as the difference or or what has the difference been for you of identifying those places of here's where I'm resisting something and going into the discomfort will lead to growth versus I am a no for this. And I'm trying to force myself to be a yes for it. And I did hear you say just a moment ago, it was the things I knew I wanted, but I was resisting or having discomfort. So tell me more about that. Yes. So I think when I was at that moment, I it was this self-awareness around. And how do I, okay, so let me explain it this way. If said thing, let's just use the example of, of starting to really focus on LinkedIn and doing lead gen on LinkedIn, right? If I was, if I said to myself, if this all worked out, how excited I would would I be? And it was like, yeah, this is awesome. Like, of course, it'd be amazing if I could become the LinkedIn queen, which psh, just so you know, I am. <laughs> I am yes, now. You are. It amazes me because <laughs> I don't know LinkedIn. So I have been so impressed with how you figured that out. Yes, right. And so it was it was this balance of yes, the fear can be there. And are you excited about it? Does it make you feel if all of at the end of the day, does it make you feel so energized to say, yeah, you know, it may not actually happen exactly how I thought, but if I could figure this out, would this make me happy to have figured this out or, or fulfilled, right? It's this balance of, okay, yeah, I am scared because of the unknown, but oh, this is so exciting to me. Yes, I do. I want to try this, right? And then the second part that I'd share with this too is not just the balance of 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 um, knowing that it's something new and you're going to learn it and it's exciting, and it is your ability, my ability, to go in with that positive intention and letting go of any specific expectation, like a specific result. Oh, well, if it if it doesn't yield me 15 leads for this month, oh, it's not working. I, 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 right. And I'm wasted time and energy. It is the ability to say, oh, I tried it. Okay. What did I learn? Because everything, even if you took misaligned action and it, it's the ability for you to allow for trial and error. And I remember the amount of conversations you have, I, you and I have had, Alex, where you're just like, this is this, you're experimenting. Are you, are you okay with just going in and experimenting, doing your best, putting that positive intention out, knowing you're going to get uncomfortable and allow for the results to happen. And then just know that, okay, maybe it didn't go exactly how you wanted it to, but what did you learn from it? There's always something to learn from that. And I think it's those two things that I've been able to, that really has guided me in understanding, okay, yes, I really want to do this, right? Even though it's scary and uh, there's no guarantee, it's not 100% that I'm going to get this kind of result, but I really want to do it versus uh, I'm just coercing myself to do something that it's not in alignment with me. This is not who I am. This is not what I'm about. It's, it's, that's the best way for me to describe how I've been able to figure that out. Yeah. You're describing what I see as a very common pattern, which is that our intuition tends to talk us into 
what we want. And then our fear will try to talk us out of it. So I'm hearing it's, and I'm the same way it's being pulled towards something, drawn towards something. Wouldn't it be great if I could figure out LinkedIn or, Oh, I really think LinkedIn, there's a lot of opportunity here for me for a long time. That was public speaking and knowing that speaking is something. Yes. I, I loved being on stage as a kid. I like using my voice. I love conversation. I love talking. I really enjoy that platform more than I do writing and I knew speaking, I was being drawn towards it, but then the, but what if spiral would come up or the resistance would come up for me? I had some deep resistance around public speaking because it tied into things I was told as a little kid, um, being the youngest of three girls. And, you know, sometimes by my older sister saying like, oh, geez, Alex, stop talking. Like we're tired of listening to you talk or even as a middle schooler and having kids tease me for not being cool enough or interesting enough. And so all of that was in you know, my subconscious mind patterns and programming. And so when I would know that I was being drawn to public speaking, my subconscious, my ego would try to talk me out of it. Whereas when you're trying to force something, it's like, you know, you're a no, but you're talking yourself into it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That, I see that, that is in, in a lot of women entrepreneurs, especially. Well said a hundred percent. And, and that's the thing is that, uh, I don't know about you all, but I don't have the energy to try to convince myself to do something. (laughs) So yes, yes to all of the above. Great, Molly. You know, as you were talking before, one other thing that came up for me that I, I think is important is how committed you were to learning and growing in sales. And I heard you say just now that it wasn't about the specific outcome you worked on detaching from the attachment <laughs> to the specifics and saying like, okay, I'm only going to do this if I get this result, or maybe if I don't get this result, it's a sign that I'm not going to be able to elevate the way I want or, or get the outcomes I want. And so that was a big shift too, was putting yourself in the driver's seat of saying, okay, I know I want to figure this out. So I'm going to go all in, I'm going to give it my best. And then I'm going to take the outcomes as information and learning and experience and what can I gain from this so that I can keep growing. And I saw you work through that a lot in the sales process. And I personally find sales can be an area of discomfort with a lot of people, not just women, all entrepreneurs I know, or most entrepreneurs I know have their journey with their relationship to sales. And that was something that I appreciated and and was encouraged and inspired by you was how committed you were. You really threw yourself into booking a ton of sales conversations and experimenting and learning. And you'd send me the sales calls and we'd look at them and I'd give you feedback and you would give me your own feedback. And then you would do more and come back with questions. You were really dedicated to, I am going to learn the most powerful and heart-centered in service approach to sales as I can possibly learn. So can you also share just a little bit more about that journey and what that was like for you to go from having a lot to learn and some frustration early on with the sales process into now, I know you feel like a rock star of sales. So tell us a little bit more about that journey. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. And I probably way inundated you with like, here's another sales audit, Alex, here's another sales audit. (laughs) All right. I was here for it. Yeah, because I I really did it. And you are, you are 100% accurate on that. I was so determined. That was the best way to say it. Because I knew that sales and my revenue, being able to to authentically show up in my sales in a way that I wanted to, that's tied to my style, would impact my revenue. It would impact how I would give my potential new clients an experience of me. And sales is really an experience of you. And so starting out, you know, for me, when I was learning sales and and it was the how-tos, right? It's the um, helping people to understand what they really, really want and, uh, you know, what obstacles and where are they for their commitment and where are they on their urgency, right? Those key questions that you helped to, to the fundamentals, right? Of, of guiding people through. And then, of course, learning how to navigate hesitations on on the sales calls. And so those are all skills that I I had to practice. And it was, you know, interestingly enough, Alex, you gave us verbatim like 
this is how you respond. And even then, it was a really interesting in hindsight. You have to, I had to come with my own flavor, my own vibe on how I wanted to say and guide people through that. And so at the very beginning, it was just the how. It was, okay, what questions do I need to ask? And how do I respond when there's hesitations from from my prospect on the call and and all of that stuff. And also, I think the, the part that was most frustrating for me was not convincing, not being that person to try to convince somebody because uh, at that point, it was like, I knew that if they could just, if we would just get the opportunity to work together, I knew I could help them, right? And it was this like, Oh, if you just just say yes, I promise you that this is going to be the experience that you want and need to go from point A to point B, right? And I appreciated so much the transparency and you you picked up on it every time. <laughs> Molly, there was a flavor of convincing happening in here. <laughs> Well, having been through that journey myself made it easier to notice it because I had a very similar process that I had to go through. Yeah, right. And so then fast forward to today, as I was practicing and doing um, and holding these sales calls, I've come to realize, I remember specifically saying to you, I think it was probably on a Voxer or some, some coaching call, I had said, oh my gosh, I think I had my aha moment. These sales calls, is just like a mini coaching session. <gasps> oh my gosh, my job is not to help them get the answer. Or the, the, I, I'm not the answer. My job as a coach is to help them come to their own answer. Do they want this or not? And to respect them for where they are. And so it was this, that like little reframe, that little shift of, oh, this really is hopping on a call, providing clarity, delivering and offering value and support and meeting them where they're at without making it right or wrong and helping them to just get clear on, yeah, you know, I actually do want to do this work or you know what, now that I think about this, yeah, I, I don't think I'm ready for it yet. And it has nothing to do with me, y'all. My job on these calls is to powerfully navigate you through and make sense of some of the convoluted thoughts that are up here. And if I can guide you through that, even if you're a no or not right now, I am celebrating you for that. That is phenomenal. And we'll say toodaloo, we'll talk to you soon, right? And so it was such a huge shift. And now I live for these calls. I'm like, okay, yay. I've got more calls to have. Yeah. And if they become clients, like even better. Yes. Right. But that before that was the intention. It was like, okay, how do I get more clients? How do I, how do I sign up new clients to get revenue? It's now it's how can I show up powerfully to guide? How can I give them an experience of me authentically and boldly me? Cause this, what you see is what you get. This is what, this is what it is. And if they walk away with, just a sliver, a golden little nugget of, yeah, you know, I think I know what I want now. And even if that I know what I want does not include Molly in that formula, that's okay. I am celebrating them anyway. So it's, it's, it's such a huge shift. And thanks to you, I can say I love sales. <laughs> Which is just so amazing to see. And what a great example too, from what you were sharing about how you shifted from being so outcome focused and destination focused, right? Am I going to get the client? Are they going to sign? Am I going to get the revenue? Am I going to get the opportunity into being journey focused, focused on the experience, how you're showing up, getting to have this conversation with someone and guide them to clarity. And I personally believe that's what igniting ecstasy is really all about. So you can only experience that kind of joy and excitement and passion when you're present in the now, when you're focused on what's right in front of you and focused on being in service and trusting that the outcomes will be okay, that the outcomes will be what's in highest service to all, trusting that you're 
going to figure it out and be held. And when you do that, you can release that attachment to the outcome. Absolutely. And the amount of people who were a no or not right now, who actually came back and signed up for me as a client, most of the time they actually said it was because my call with you was just so impressionable. Mm -hmm. And I loved the conversation. It wasn't in, in at all for them, this pushy, shovey, convincing, like sign up to work with me now. And hey, I am, who doesn't love those, right? Of the, yeah, I'm going to come back because I will never forget that conversation that we had. And it was so powerful, you know? So absolutely. Now, let me ask you this, Molly, and then we're going to wrap up here in a few minutes. But I would love to know, and you've already shared about different fears and things you had to overcome and and these different things that you've learned if you could narrow it down to just one what would you say is one of the most difficult things that you've gone through in this journey because making quantum leaps forward it can be uncomfortable it can be hard to see certain truths about yourself it can be hard to let go of belief systems it can be hard to set boundaries with people it can be hard to take a stand for who you are and and use your voice. So what would you say has been the most challenging part of your experience over these last few years? And how did you overcome that? My heart was racing (laughs) as you asked that, because if I had to narrow it down to one thing, I think it was my self-awareness and also well how do i say this like i have specific coping mechanism mechanisms and defense mechanisms and i have just been so fortunate that you have been a part of this journey with me because you saw it you saw oh I, I'm somebody who, if I, if I am not in a good place, mentally, emotionally, physically, I will put up my walls as self-preservation. And again, this goes back to those three things of the doing that I know I wanted to do, which was ask for help. And Alex, you were there in, in some of my deepest darkest darkest moments of me trying to figure this out and it is it is challenging because as a type a overachiever my whole life personally and professionally leading up to building my business has been external results oriented promotions pay increases right even um dare I even say love and support from family members of being a a good daughter and one that excelled in school and and did all the prestigious things that that I needed to be doing was all based off of external results. And as you grow in your business, things are not always sunshine and rainbows. And, you know, there's going to be moments in which you need to retract to learn who you are and that sense of beingness requires you to get very vulnerable with yourself and with others and so the hardest thing for me was acknowledging when i started to one put up my walls and actually remember saying to you in boxer like alex i'm pushing you away right now Mm-hmm. because I that is naturally what I do when I'm scared and when I want to figure this out and when all of the external results are not matching the type a overachiever perfectionist Molly and I know I need to ask for help but for whatever reason I, I just I need space I need time I need I need to push you away I need to push a lot of other people away right now and just go into my bubble. And it was your support and 
grace and compassion, unconditional, that help me to not make it wrong for me to cocoon back in, but also that this is a part of my growth journey is, okay, am I pushing people away that are here to help and love me? And who am I pushing away? And you have become a part of my very protected circle of people that I felt very comfortable to say out loud and say, I'm pushing you away, Alex. I'm pushing you away because this is what I do when I get into a really dark space. And you, you, you were always there even, and you respected that you respected that spaciousness that I needed, you know, that was the hardest and continues to be the hardest part of my, my evolution and building my business is the more that I learn more about me, right? And this goes right back to the whole being. That is the destination, y'all. It's not what you're building. It's who you're becoming. And it's that journey there. And I, no one told me that that was go going to be the thing. I just thought if I did all the things, if I do all the things that I'm supposed to do to, to be a CEO and a coach and do all this, that everything's just going to fall according to line. And it was when I had those moments of deep, dark realization and detachment of, nope, your results this month, Molly, whether it is a 20K month, whether it's a big old goose egg month, does not change your value and your worth as a person. It does not change the fact that you are or aren't successful, whatever that means anymore, right? Mm -hmm. That is something that I am so much more aware of and to give myself that grace and that compassion for myself is the greatest found skill set and true self-love in full circle, right? Mm -hmm. On that journey. And so that's what I would say is that it was and continues to be because um, yes, I'm, I'm going on the up and up y'all. Absolutely. I'm winning. I've been winning, but winning looks different when it's not attached to results. Winning looks different when you look at this from a place of being. So that's what I would say. I really appreciate your open and vulnerable share because I know there are people out there who can relate to this journey not being rainbows and sunshine all the time. And it's not being an entrepreneur, building a business. It comes with its challenges. It comes with it's discomfort and it is a different way of living life. And it really is quite a journey when you're not only growing your business, but also shifting and growing in who you are becoming. Sometimes we have to look at some darkness that comes up, you know, in order to turn that darkness towards the light, you have to be willing to see it and sit in it and explore it. And you sharing that, Molly, it, it took me back to that time. I remember that time. And it, it was a tender time because you were really shifting multiple things and really coming into owning your inherent value and worth and detaching from that. It's got to always be this, this number or this result in order for me to feel good about myself. And so you were really having this significant shift and releasing that. And as you just shared, it stood out to me that even in that moment, while it was hard to share that with me and to, to have this moment of, I just need to step back and kind of go through my process, you were honoring yourself. You were being transparent about what you really wanted and needed. You were vocalizing your truth. And I'm so glad that we had that safe space for you to feel comfortable being able to share it. And that's sort of been the, the, through line I'm hearing throughout our conversation today is that you continue leaning into 
exploring what you really wanted, your true desires, honoring it, and letting who you are be okay. Letting who you are be seen, whether it's the Molly who's crushing it on LinkedIn and accelerating the business growth and guiding her clients to amazing new results, because that's all you and that's all true. And there's the Molly who sometimes is confronting things and releasing things and letting go of guilt or judgment stories and, and shifting attachment to the external results and really owning your worth from the inside out. And there's the Molly that's on that journey too. And that sometimes has down days or sadness or dark days and sometimes needs her space. And all of that can be you and all of that can be welcome. All of you can be welcome. And, and when you allow that to take place, that's when you're able to actually move past those fears and able to really experience the joy that comes from who you are becoming in that process. Absolutely. hundred mm-hmm. percent. It is, you said it so, you summarized it so well. And that's it. It's allowing for all, all components, all versions of you to be there. Right. And like I said, you know, every day I wake up ready to recommit to mm-hmm. doing this work. Right. This isn't just, it's, it's just a, it's a different life experience and one that I hope as a listener, if you're, if you're, if you're here and you're, you're really wondering, like, is this, is this a sign girl that, or, or person, <laughs> this is your sign, you know, cause it is, it, it's, um, it's a lifestyle. It is the ability to recommit to you every day. And the you is what then helps to guide the doing and the how. And it all it all starts here first. So all good things. Thank you so much for sharing, Molly. My last question for you before we wrap up, or really, I guess, an encouragement. Why don't you tell everyone what you are up to now. You know, we shared about how you grew this really successful career coaching business. And just recently you've made an exciting shift. And so why don't you tell everyone, yeah, about what is next for you? Yes, yes, absolutely. Now, as I shared, paid my dues in HR. And I think sometimes when we think about just what's next for you, right? Naturally, I, a pillar of HR is coaching. So naturally just came, came in that. And so um, yes, have been able to, thankfully to the support of Alex and, and so many of my other mentors here to step into creating a thriving, sustainable business as a career coach. And now y'all really honoring where I am and who I am stepping into supporting future career coaches, because let me tell you, I figured it out. (laughs) I figured it out. And yep, now my did. calling, yeah, is to help other people to figure it out, right? And and to also understand that this this journey is theirs to walk if they so choose, that it's the beingness and all of that. And yes, of course, it's the how-tos, you know? And so as a business coach for career coaches, specifically for HR professionals who are looking to really extend that part of coaching that you love, that's a, a pillar of who we are as professions, professionals in the HR profession, this is what I live for is the ability to help to give a, another creative option for you. If, if this, if you have that entrepreneurial fire and spark inside of you, let me pour some gas on it, babe. Here you go. Ref. <laughs> <laughs> I love your sound effects. Oh, it's so good. Hmm. <clears throat> oh, Molly, I feel like we could keep talking for hours. I just love our conversations. I've so appreciated you spending your time here with me today and really sharing with all the listeners a behind the scenes look at what it took for you to really get unstuck in where you were and and make these significant leaps forward in creating new results. And I'm so excited for you and where your business is now. I know this is the next evolution for you that feels in great alignment. And I'm just so excited to see how that unfolds. Any aspiring career coaches listening, 100% would encourage you, reach out to Molly, talk to her because she does know what she's doing and has just amazing 
experience that has guided her clients to incredible results. So I appreciate you being here to share all of it and the behind the scenes, the doing, the being, who you've become. It truly has been just such an incredible joy and honor to work with you, Molly, to be your friend, to see your commitment pay off in the most beautiful ways. And I really also appreciate your vulnerability here with us today. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Absolute honor. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Appreciate you tuning in and sharing your time here with us today on Igniting Ecstasy in Business. And we will see you again soon. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Igniting Ecstasy in Business. If you enjoy what you heard and you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review it on your favorite podcast player. I love to hear your feedback, your insights, questions, or any desired topic requests. You can also reach me directly through the contact page at alexpurseglove.com. I so appreciate you spending your time here with me today. And until next time, I'm wishing you a beautiful day of focusing on what lights you up inside.